tonight on Whiskey Waffle. Welcome to the Whiskey Waffle Nude Whiskey Awards. 50%. I'm using numbers here. I'm using maths. Ted's a bit confused. We like our facts. 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 Fact me up. Facts. Fact Fact me hard. It would break my heart. Would. That's this episode on Whiskey Waffle, the podcast. I mean, cast. The red button has been hit. We're doomed! No, no, not that red button, Ted. Not oh. that red button. <laughs> uh, welcome along, everyone, to Whiskey Waffle, episode number 43. My name is Nick. My name is Ted. And we are two Tassie boys currently sitting in armchairs and, you know, working really hard right now. And tonight, we are wearing our finest tuxedos. Absolutely. At least you guys at home can believe that. Yes. <laughs> because it's awards night. Our first episode of the year traditionally is a look back on our favourite drams of the previous year. So tonight we present to you the 2021 Waffle Awards. Indeed. Now let's just hope that the envelopes are around in the right order. Yeah. And that we don't call the wrong one. Yep, yep. Um, La La Land might get a gong tonight. Mm. Yeah. But anyway, Ted, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Welcome to 2022. Yeah, 2 2. And Happy New Year to all our listeners. Mm, Hope you guys uh, got a few drams lined up for the year that are going to impress you. Yeah, thanks thanks for sticking us with it with us into a new year. It's mm. really exciting. Um and yeah, let us know if there's something that you're excited to try in this year. Do you, do you have a like a mission, a quest? Are you a, are you a whiskey knight who is going to jump on your uh, valiant steed and ride off to, to um, sort of face many perils. To- Not sure about that, Ted, but I know that this is now a whiskey night. Hey. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, nice. Um, but what about you, though, Ted? You got some whiskey goals for 2022? Well, resolutions. There's a, there's a sample, actually. There's only a couple of feet away from me that a good friend of the pod, Adrian Graham, uh, provided to us, which mm. is definitely on the list for this year. Let's just say we'll have to get onto the tasting nice and snappily. Yeah. I reckon it's got a bit of bite to it. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, look, I, I, one thing that I would like to do this year, and it, it's, it's something that we could never repeat, and it's only if we can sort of manage to make it work and get the chance, is if we could go down south and observe the death of a distillery. Mm, yeah, from, yeah. From right up close and personal. Let's, um, let's put a bit of work into that one. I assume it's like a, like a, uh, a small sun sort of imploding into a um, black hole. Going supernova. Mm. Whiskey... No, that's a different Ardbeck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, anyway. Um, I think it's time that we got things moving and got into the awards. Um, so hastily um, doing up my tie, fixing everything, making sure my hair is perfect, ready for the awards ceremony. So first we have a uh, musical piece from the band. <laughs> Yep. Who booked these guys? <laughs> you told me to make it entertaining, so I'm going to take my clothes off. <laughs> Excellent. Welcome to the Whiskey Waffle Nude Whiskey Awards. The Waffle. So, the Whiskey Waffle Awards we do each year. We've done these for quite a few years now, and there's been some esteemed winners over the over the generations of this award. But um, uh, for those people listening for the first time, let me just remind you of our categories tonight. There is the Isle of the Drammed Award for the Best Tasmanian Whiskey. Next, we have our Drams Down Under Award, which is... Sort of more for the broader Australian uh, community. Indeed, indeed. Tasmania would just keep winning everything if we didn't include an award just for the mainland. Uh, next up is the Tartan Slipper, the award for the best Scottish whiskey 
of the year. Next up, we have the Pocket Blazer, the perfect pick for the Parched Penny Pincher. Um, that's our Value for Money Award. Um, after that, we have the Weird Ski Award for the weirdest whiskey. Next, we have the Bill Like Award, which is our sort of um, merit award for uh, someone who has done um, good things for Tasmanian whiskey scene. And finally, it's the big one, the Dram of the Year, the Golden Dram. Oh. Yep, um, so that one goes to our favourite whiskey of the year. So, just a couple of clarifications. These are whiskies that Ted and I have tried for the first time, or got to know for the first time in 2021. It doesn't mean they were just released for the first time in 2021, although a couple of these ones were quite mm. new. Yes, uh, so yeah, some, some of them probably have been kicking about a bit longer, but we have only had our first try you might not think they're necessarily the best whiskey in the world you might shout at us for some of our uh, picks but yeah, just just send us um angry emails we love them <laughs> but we thought all of these ones had something within their own categories so mm. so let's start off in our home state of tasmania this was this was by far the hardest award to give because we had a, a short list of about seven or eight whiskies yeah. For some reason, that was the one that we sampled the most new whiskies of throughout the year. It's like we're biased towards Tasmania or something. Um, but in the end, we decided on on one that's not even from the Tasmanian mainland. No, it's it's slightly off to the side and up kind of right. Mm. Yeah, up on Flinders Island. Yeah, I have been to the distillery. Lovely mm. people. It's it's about as isler as you can get in Tasmania. It's the distillery is literally like thirty meters from the beach. Which is appropriate that the award winner contains a small amount of peated Scottish barley, mm. but not entirely. No, it is also very, very importantly contains some local Flinders Island peat from the sort of coastal peat marshes mm. on so, the island. So they marry these two things together and they've called it their smoky wedding. The winner of the Isle of the Drammed Award is... The Ferno Smoky Wedding. And it's worthy winner. Like I was saying before, there were so many good drams that we tried to decide upon this one, but this is the one that just kept standing out to us. Mm. Yeah, abs- absolutely. The, just that that interplay of the two different peats. Um, yeah, you've got the kind of you've you've got that more traditional sort of Scottish peat, but then you've got this really sort of funky vegetal, sort of really delicate peating that comes from those coastal uh, bogs. Yeah, congratulations to Ferno Distillery. All right, next up is the Drams Down Under, the mainland. Winner. Mainland, yes. Mm. We are Tasmanians, and so everything else is the mainland. Yeah, and we picked our winner as a distillery that we visited this year. Another another one that we visited. This mm. is this is a uh, common factor here, I, I feel. Yeah, yeah. So we visited these guys in April, and we're talking about distilleries with proximity to water. Mm. Well, you could probably spit and land it in the um, seaside as well um, from this distillery. That's right. Our next uh, whiskey tonight, the winner of the Drams Down Under Award, is the Flurio Signal to Noise. Yeah, it's a tasty drop if you haven't got a chance to try it. It's got just this maritime character that I don't think any other distillery in Australia can really copy. It's Mm. distinct, it's um, specific to its location, and it's really, really unique. (laughs) You're the worst. Uh, but the whiskey isn't the worst. No. Um, and Gareth and Angela um, have just done a fantastic job of... Yeah. We, we've just really frothed the uh, 
Fleurio for the last few years. So yeah, there's been a few. Excited. There's been a few really great mainland drops come out. There's been a few young ones that have come out that we've been less sure about. But gosh, Fleurio is in that top echelon of great whiskies coming out of this mm. country. Congrats to those guys. All right, moving on. Yet another distillery that we have both been to. Yeah. The next is our Tartan Slipper Award. Mm. So what is that, Nick? The Tartan Slipper is for true Scottish greatness. Now, Scotland have got 200 years of history over Australia. Well, even more more than that, really, if you think about the illegal stuff going on back mm. in the day. But there are some grand old distilleries churning out some great stuff. There's also a couple of new ones. Yeah. And this award winner tonight is one of the example of one of the newer distilleries um, winning our number one prize for Scottish whiskey. Yeah, it's it's from a place we are both particularly fond of. Um, it's a little island. You may have heard of it. Mm. Uh, it's called Isla. Ah, yes, yeah. Rings a bell. Yeah, <laughs> rings a bell. And this winner is from the distillery Kilhoman. And it's an interesting Kilhoman, actually. So people would be... Um, Fairly familiar by now with some of their more uh, common releases, the um, Sanag, um, the Loch Gorm. Machia Bay. Machia Bay. Uh, this one is none of those, actually. Mm. This one is a, a bit more of a interesting release. It's a Fino cask. Fino? What is Fino? Well, Fino, for those of you who don't know, is sherry. It's it's So you've, you've probably more commonly heard of your Olorosos, Oloroso and your uh, Pedro Jimenez—they're very dark, fruity, sort of thick, syrupy sherries. Fino is on completely the opposite end. Mm. Fino is like Fino is sort of the white wine of yeah, um, super dry sherries. white wine. Yeah, dry, light, very delicate. Anyway, so the 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 um the Fino cask has it's got that really nice sort of rip snort of a. Uh, Isla smoke in there, like mm, but just... then it accompanies it with all sort of funky stuff as well. Mm. There is there is definitely a bit of funk to it. Mm. I, li- I like the funk. Yeah, yeah. And so, congratulations, Kilhoman. Next up is the Pocket Pleaser, the perfect pick for the parched penny pincher. Made it look easy. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> tell you what, this distillery has probably won more Waffle Awards than any other distillery. It it actually it literally has. Like we were um, discussing this the other night when we we're um when we are putting together the awards and we were looking at some stats and crazy stat, th- this is the most awarded distillery mm. in Whiskey Waffle history. They've won the Pocket Pleaser a couple of times, the um, the Tartan Slipper and the Weird Ski, but um, this time they've come good for the Pocket Pleaser again. They're just a, such good value. So this time the Pocket Pleaser goes to the Glen Murray 18-year-old. Glen Murray 18. Now... Where, where yeah, it's 18, isn't it? So. It, it is 18. Now, where this one first came up is I was, I was looking around at whiskies online. I saw it and I thought, bloody hell, that's good value. That It was about $120, $130 uh, Australian. Australian. For, for an 18-year-old. For an 18-year-old. Yeah. And that got me thinking about the Yamazaki 18, <laughs> which is about 1000 odd bucks. Yeah. I was like, that's ridiculous. That Yamazaki 18 is just so far out of the stratosphere for anyone to be able to realistically buy. Whereas you can buy with your own money and not feel too bad about it. A Glen Murray 18, it's it's incredible. And the whiskey's pretty good too. Yeah. It's just really smooth, nice light space side. Orchard fruits, really nice smooth drinking. Yeah, nice honey. sort of summery 
summery flavors in there. It's it's not going to like blow your mind at all, I don't think. No. But I don't think that's that's what it needs to do. It's 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 just elegant a, and refined. Mm. And, and you know, most importantly, it's affordable. Affordable. <laughs> yeah. It pleased your pocket, Teddy Boy. All right. Our next award this evening is the Weirdski Award. Yeah, there's no no flies on you if you worked out that weird ski means weird whiskey. Like, for example, a previous winner of this award was um, a quinoa-based whiskey. Yeah, yeah, that was an ultimate weird ski. I think the Floki Sheep Dung got a yeah, the Floki weird sheep ski dung, dung at one point. It doesn't on. have to be good, that's the point. But last year's was a Spirit Thief, heavily, heavily peated, Peter Bignall Barley um, Which was creation, really good. Which it was, was great, just but it's just weird as balls. Weird and funky, yeah. And this year we can't decide one way or the other if this is a... A good whiskey or a bad whiskey? This whiskey is from California. Mm. Minimum aging time, 10 minutes. Yes. So over there is definitely whiskey. Over here, the um, sensors have put some uh, marks through some of the wording and uh, put some stickers on places. Yes. Just a malt, not a whiskey. Uh, no, um, not even that, mash. Mash, that's it. Yeah, that's it. And um, it is one that we reviewed just a couple of episodes ago. Mm. It is, of course, the... Green Bar Slow Hand Six Woods Cask. Six Mash. Woods. Six Woods. Six Woods, yeah. Yeah, stick it in a big old 5,000 litre vat, white oak vat, and then teabag it with some bits of wood. Yeah, so just as a reminder, the woods that we are playing with here are hickory, maple, mulberry, red oak, and grape wood. I think two different types of grape wood. Yeah, and some American white oak as well. It's... It uh, makes us twitch a little bit as whiskey fans that um, it's been made in this way. But the reason it's won the award is because it kind of tastes quite good. Yeah, I think I think our summation of this whiskey throughout has been annoyingly good. Annoyingly good. We we want to get like dirty we on trash it, trash talk it, but yeah, and we can't it, find it in our hearts to do it. Yeah, it keeps actually come keeps coming up with the goods in a way. So. Mm. Uh, next up is the Bill Lark Award for service to Tasmanian whiskey. The inaugural winner, of course, was Mr. Bill Lark himself. Yeah, it would have been a bit rude not to award the first one to him. Yeah, no, this is true. Um, and subsequent winners have included people like Peter Bignall, Tim Duckett, Jane Sawford, Nee Overeem, and last year it was Mr. Mark Littler. Yes, but the time has come to award another Bill Lark Award to a worthy member of the community now, We've we've um we've got together with this person a number of times over the years. Um, we actually awarded this person's distillery their first ever major award. We did, we did, and um, didn't present them any sort of physical evidence of that. Much to much to his chagrin. Yes. So he uh, instead um, came along to a uh, a uh, whiskey night that was being held with his own award and presented it to himself there in <laughs> front of us. So. Yep. Um, this man is a distiller. He's also a sort of a founder or a co-founder of a distillery. He's worked in other distilleries. He's been um, a senior figure in the Tasmania Distillers Association. And he is just someone with an absolute vision and passion for Tasmanian whiskey and has really contributed to pushing the industry forward. Yeah, and particularly I think it must be said... He's been a champion for the North. Yeah, the North. The North. Up North. Yeah, this is it, because he was one of the guys that founded Launceston Distillery, or Hangar 17, as we like Hangar to know it. Hangar 17. That's, that's what we know it as. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it gives me great pleasure to award the Bill Lark Award to Mr. Chris Condon. 
Yeah, go Chris. We will we will actually come along this time, Chris, yep. and present you with a the award. We'll also bring along the other award that you're on <laughs> as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, Chris. Chris is well as as most of these people are a real friendly guy. He's mm-hmm. he's really genuine, really sort of passionate about what he does. Very willing to sort of share and talk about his what he loves doing. Yeah. So a worthy winner, and keep doing the North proud, Chris. Keep doing us proud. Right, Nicholas. It's time. It is time. The Golden Dram. This is it. This is the big important one. And like, I, th- I think, I think. You this think, whis- do you, Ted? You I think. do. I do think. I, th- I think. I think. I think. I think that this, that this whiskey would have stood a good chance anyway, in normal times. But events that have happened recently have just sort of, I suppose, elevated this in our gaze a bit as well. It is a dram that I was hoping to purchase for years to come. I was really excited about it. And sadly, um, with the acquisition of this distillery um, by a larger company, um, I will not be able to buy it for years to come. So instead, I went out and bought three bottles while it still existed. So for those people that have been following the podcast, it's going to come as no surprise to any of you that the winner of the Golden Dram for 2021 is the Sheen Elixir of Life. Yes, and oh, how we will miss it! Yeah. Once, once that delicious, uh, that delicious liquid is gone, eventually from our final bottle, we will weep golden tears. Indeed, that will be it. And it's just a perfect example of fortified wine matured whiskey, like mm. heavily sherried and port as well in this one. And it's just gooey and thick, and viscous and uh, yeah. sticky and very, very enjoyable. Award-winning too. Yeah. And now... We're not the first to give it an award. It's got a few stickers on it already, but... Yeah. We might be the last to give it an award. Maybe we will. Maybe maybe, maybe that's its crowning glory. Mm-hmm. Winner, yeah. winner of the Whiskey Waffle Golden Dram. Put to bed with a Waffle Award. Yeah, so well done, David. You are a very worthy um, winner of this award for your fantastic Elixir of Life Dram. Um, and yes... Soon you'll hand on your stocks to Lark, the House of Lark, and it shall be no more. Mm, let's hope they look after it because it's good stuff. Well, that, I think, brings our awards to an end. And so you guys can play along at home. What was your favourite drama of the year? Or maybe even categories. Favourite Scottish one, favourite Australian one. Who do we- you think deserves a Bill Lark Award? Yes. Uh, following that, we have now. What's the pocket pleaser? Is it uh, the pocket got... pleaser for the parched penny pincher? Yes. Next, the, the perfect pick for the parched penny pincher. The pocket pleaser, the perfect pick for the parched penny ple- pincher. The pocket pleaser, the perfect pick for the parched penny pincher. Okay. Next up, we have. Come on, I got to get this right. The pocket pleaser award for the the perfect pick for the parched penny pleaser. No. Ah. <laughs> so close. Uh, no way. Let me do that. Yeah, time to put my clothes back on. Yeah, I think so. Here, you can have mine. The whiskey. I'm blue. Da ba dee da ba da da ba dee da ba da da ba dee da ba da. It was always very controversial what the lyrics of that song actually were growing up because different people would say different things. I think mm. you taught me at one point when we were in primary school that it was, "I'm sweeter than light." And someone else told me I'm the beat of the night, but I think just "Obadie Obadie" is the is the actual lyrics. Really deep and meaningful, isn't it? Yeah, whiskey delight. Yeah, yeah. 
the Eiffel 65-year-old right there. No, it's not the Eiffel 65-year-old we're reviewing. It is, in fact, the classic Laddie. Yes, and where does the classic Laddie hail from? Um, now, this comes from Brook Laddie on the Isle of Isla. So the therefore, Isle of Isla! So, therefore, this is a peat monster, right, Ted? No, in fact, it is not a peat monster. Um, no. Interestingly, it's unpeated, or at least very, very minimally peated. Indeed. So, Brooklady is also known for their Octomore series. Yeah, and even their Port Charlottes, which are quite smoky as well. Whereas this is their sort of unpeated. Yeah, I've always, I've always searched for a entry-level Brooklady. Like, what is their main release? And I think this is really the direction it's going. They've done Isla Barley and Yellow Tins. But their blue tin classic laddie Scottish barley seems to be their main release these days. Yeah, I think I think so. It's and it, it, look, it's a great looking bottle as well. It is, I mean, although the cynical Scott reckons it does look a little bit like a deodorant bottle. Mm, I wouldn't say deodorant, more like shampoo. Um, yeah, uh, eau de homme, like a mm. ma- male perfume. <laughs> Tell you what, I wouldn't mind splashing this on my neck. Yeah, before it's, work. I will. I will say. <laughs> I get will, all those strange looks of people that think I'm an alcoholic. But yeah. I will say that the bottle is a bugger to work out how much you've actually got left. Yes. Completely tinted, no way of seeing through it. Yep. You need to weigh it before you crack it and then just continually weigh it to see how much liquid you've got left. Fun story about the colour of this blue of Brook Laddie. Um, so Ian McEwen took over the distillery. That was pretty much just dead and gone in the um, whatever it was, the um, early 2000s or late 90s or something like that. And um, it had been left to rot, basically, um, and it wasn't um, going anywhere. But when he arrived to set up on the very first day with a new sense of hope and spirit, he looked out across the water and he claimed that the water that day, with the sun shining over it, was this bright, vivid blue colour, or this sort of mm. aquamarine I can sort always of shade. That. And um, yeah, he said that that's where the inspiration for the colour of their tins came from. And um, certainly all their branding is in that colour too. Now, Mr. McEwen has moved on um, yeah. in more recent years. Adam Hannett is the... Uh, Head distiller there these days, but I think I think these these um sort of tenants of the uh, distillery have carried across from Jim McEwan's time. So mm. this this is this is the beliefs of the distillery mm. printed right here. This is their sort of statement of intent. We believe terroir matters. Terroir. Okay, oh, that might be French that might be our terriers. Yeah, terriers matter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we believe in Isla. We believe in people. We believe in authenticity, mm. provenance, and traceability. We believe in slow. We believe in challenging convention. We believe in the soul of the artisan. What a respectful bunch of wank. Yeah, but yeah, I, I love it. I love it. It's great tin it's, wank. Yeah, oh, tin wank. Absolutely. Um, I, I, I mean, I get a lot of what they're coming from. Just the very first statement, we believe terroir matters. Terroir is that French word that just describes all the factors of, of a sense of place, soil, climate, rainfall, you know, the wind direction. Now, see, this this is a blue tin, so it's not upping the tail wire as much as it could. No. Because if it was a yellow tin... Yeah, all the stuff grown on the island. Yeah. It's at least Scottish barley. Mm. Um, not not that French shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just the word tail wire, that's French when it comes to this one. Well, so so you're saying that you think this is where their sort of their in-house, their house style is going. Well, yeah. this, this sort of says that... This single malt Scotch whiskey has been crafted by head distiller Adam Hannett from individually selected casks to showcase the classic floral and elegant Brooklady house style. Unpeated, it is our signature bottling and the definitive Brooklady. 
Mm. Yeah, well, he agrees with me then. And um, I actually think it's a really good choice to be their flagship release, mm. if you will. It's, well, we're about to get into drinking the stuff, but I think just from my previous experience with this one, it's just got all the characteristics of the location without the big smoke bombs that a lot of Isla mm. whiskies are famous for. Yeah, it's it's sort of the the sweetness of the breeze blowing across and the salt of the breeze and sort of... Oh, it's all mm. there. You can mm. just close your eyes, take a massive sniff of this and be transported to that place, which is well, one of my favourite places in the entire world. Here you go. Made using 100% Scottish-grown barley, trickle distilled, not triple distilled, trickle. Trickle distilled. Trickle. Very slowly distilled, yeah. yes. Tri- trickle distilled. That's an interesting... I've not heard of that, heard yeah. that one before, but trickle <laughs> distilled. It's a bit... It's, it's a bit of an interesting uh, word pairing because you have to be careful because it does sound a lot like triple distilled. Yeah, yeah, that's what I heard. <laughs> yeah, trickle distilled. They're matured for its entire life by the salt-swept Atlantic shores of Loch Indal in premium American and French oak. Mm. Yeah, now we've both been to Brook Lady Distillery. We've both got slightly drunk there because their tastings are amazing. I got maggoted. <laughs> I had to rush off because I was had an appointment at Kilhoman. Um, but... <laughs> It's the, the location is just across the road from the water. It's not quite like the roaring Atlantic coming in. It's more of a quieter bay, but yeah. on a rough day, I reckon it gets pretty choppy out there. And I reckon, yeah, all that salt-swept air just sweeps across the mm. Bond stores. And yeah, I'd say there's no doubt it influences this whiskey. Now, this is a... Uh, uh, just, just to talk about strength here. Mm. We like our facts. 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 Fact me up. Facts, facts, facts me hard. All right, bend over. <laughs> um, this is a 50%. 50%. Mm, 50%. So it's an interest. Yeah, that, I mean, some Yeah, some Scottish distilleries release cast strength lower than that. So, yeah. Yeah, this this is their house style once again. Just yeah, I, I respect that. So I suppose we should actually uh, try the stuff and talk about what we, uh, what we get. Uh, yep, whiskey. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's whiskey, man. Yeah, that's why we get paid the big bucks. Yeah. <laughs> Another another uh, classic tasting note from Whiskey Waffle. <laughs> yep. Tell you what, though, no, I'm just, just the nose, it really puts me in a place. It puts me on Isla. Mm. Um, I don't think any other whiskey in the world smells like this. And the fact that they haven't buried it in a massive dose of peat just really accentuates the uniqueness, shifty eyes, of this dram. It's like standing on the coast... And closing your eyes and taking just a big breath, and you get sort of the like the heather and the bogs and the bay, the the wind coming off the bay and the salt. So it's also probably slightly briny, fishy, but mm. only gently. I mean, on the surface of it, you could sort of say that this is like a spaceide. It's got those sort of sweet floral characteristics in there, but yeah, they just, exist there, but parallel to this coastal. Yeah, but. That's it. It's the coastal nature of it that mm. sort of ta- changes it and mutates it and turns it into this, yeah, delicious sort of Atlantic dram. Uh, and on the palate now, I just had a sip and I'm getting a lot of um, cured meats. I mean, I've always thought Brook Lady to be slightly bacony, mm. um, but it's almost a bit prosciutto-y as well. It's mm. a bit of like um, grape in there as well, actually. Mm. Um, certainly more fruit on the palate. It's a very oily viscous drop oh yeah you're chewing it mm. it, it really sort of it's one of those ones that really coats the palate mm. and that that's uh, yeah maybe another difference from 
space side perhaps that it's it, it's not got that sort of more ethereal sort of light bright delicate thing going on it's, it's this yeah thick oily heavy yeah. dram that kind of grabs your tongue and caresses it with its hands in like a really kind of like dirty masculine way <laughs> <laughs> the um the brooklady setup there is very old school it's it's got all this ancient machinery that they've got working again mm. from the mash tun all the way through to the stills i think that a lot of impurities if you will carry over on the distillation through to make it into the barrels um and that is just to the credit of this mm. whiskey it's it's an unclean spirit which just provides all this i guess a bit of funk but it's i don't know it's sort of it's balanced well it's not mm. like a really dirty, funky whiskey. Yeah, it's just it's, it's not it's not got like major major funk in there. No, not like Ben Nevis sort of funk. It's just yeah, yeah. There's a few elements that that hint at sweetness, but they're immediately cancelled out by some of the this, darker stuff. I suppose love lovely um, honey mm. notes to it, and um, you can just sort of sit on it and sip it for a while. It's not a mm. although if you're sitting on it, you need, do need quite a long straw. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, keeps it warm there, Ted. Keeps yeah. it warm. <laughs> I like this. Mm. I like this a lot, actually. Yeah, I just think it's a really good drinking whiskey and um, mm. one that I've probably underrated in its in my past. Or maybe they've tweaked the recipe and it's got better, but I expect it's probably the, the former. I've just underrated it. Look, this this is... Well, it says it on the tin. It's classic. Mm, it, it is. is. It is the classic laddie. It is, and that's an appropriate name. It's sort of a, it's a terroir whiskey. Yeah, this is it. It represents its place, possibly better than any other whiskey on the planet. So, with that said, well, we have to put a number on this, don't this we? This is it. I probably, I probably can't not give it four stars because I enjoy it that yeah, much. Yeah, I think I think four stars is probably where it's at with this one. Mm. It's it's a damn good drop, and we enjoy it very much. Yeah, and um, maybe, maybe yeah, a couple of years ago, I thought that's a crazy number to put on, just a entry release from Brooklady, but no, it's a good one. It is a bloody and, uh, good one. I encourage anyone that's not tried it to go out and find some. I encourage those people that have had it in the past but um, haven't had it for a while to go back and revisit it. And I encourage our patrons to check their mailbox because they'll get some of ours very soon. Maybe it's two stages of a tequila shot. Oh, yes. Lick suck but no sipping ah i do like a bit of uh lick and suck <laughs> yeah no I was, sit be damned <laughs> waffle, waffle, waffling waffling with. welcome along fellow wafflers to another episode of waffling with we're sitting in a rather scenic office with joe dinsmore from loreni distillery and um we've just been trying some of their wares thanks very much first of all joe for having us yeah absolutely no great to have you guys up here um you know, it's uh, it's always good to see some avid whiskey uh, enthusiasts coming through and getting to chat a bit about it. So you're very polite, avid yeah. whiskey enthusiasts. I like that. We'll yeah, use well, that. So tell us where here is. We're at Lorenia Estate, but where in the world is that? So we're situated in the central highlands of Tasmania. Um, so about an hour's drive north on the Lyle Highway um, from Hobart, so just outside of a little town called Ouse and um, in between another town called Hamilton. So yeah, there's not too much on the road to distract you, so just make that beeline straight to us. Yeah, and what stage is the distillery at in terms of releasing products? Oh, that's a that's a really good question. Um, yeah, we're, we've already um, released our gin products, so 
We've got our four gins at the moment, our vodka, as well as our coffee liqueur. So um, we've been going since uh, late 2017. Um, so launching with those products. Um, and yeah, last year we were we had the, uh, the great thrill of releasing our first, um, our first whiskey, which was the Ascension release. Sort of did things a little bit differently in making a limit re- limited release first. But yeah, I'd still say we're somewhere out of infancy. Um, yeah, maybe maybe in year one, year two of school. <laughs> so if um, someone was lucky enough to pick up the Ascension release, what sort of product was that? What was the go with it? So I, I'd really call the Ascension release um, an exercise in cask management. So it started its life in bourbon 20 liter casks as well as port 20 liter casks. And they matured for about two and a half years, getting to probably about 95% maturity, we'll say. And then the, um, the bourbons were decanted um, and vatted together. And then likewise with the port casks, then they were entered into fresh 100 liter bourbon and port casks, where they'd sort of finish off that final 5% of maturation for, um, uh, for the next four to five months. Um, and then they were entered into um, some jewels of barrels, which were 70-year-old Pedro Jimenez sherry casks from uh, Fernando de Castilla in Spain. So they finished off in there for about three months, and um, the resulting whiskey was, uh, yeah, I think, yeah, balance was, was really key around it. So bourbon not being too dominating, the fortified element not being too dominating, just a really nice sipping whiskey, something you didn't have to think too much or too hard about at 46.6%. Yeah, and we're lucky enough to try from the barrel a not-quite-finished version of the sister release, the Descension. So um, for all the cask nerds out there, would you like to tell us the process about that one as well? Yeah, exactly. So you know, if, we think of, um, if we think of Ascension ascending in size of barrel, Descension has gone the other way. So we've taken 100-litre bourbon and port casks, um, vatted those, decanted them, and, yeah, decanted them into... 20 liter um, bourbon and port casks, just sort of really separating out, you know, what what three years in a hundred liter cask will do, and then six to eight months in a 20, just for that final finishing, and then um, and then because, you know, we just we just couldn't leave it at that. We've um, actually entered them into uh, four uh, Madeira casks, so I think sort of Madeira is you know on balance. A sort of the other end of the spectrum to a PX so uh, this will be a little bit of a different whiskey so if you've uh, been you know very very good and saved mm. some some of your ascension you could should try them side by side they'll both be at 46.6 percent so yeah it's a, a fun little bit of homework for for those folks yeah. So those are your two sort of first special edition releases, but you were telling us that there are in the future there's going to be sort of two uh, sort of main Lorraine releases. Can you tell us a bit more about those? Yeah, so basically the working title around them, you know, just what we use in production is uh, Taz Whiskey and Estate Whiskey. So the big sort of differentiator there is that the, um, the Estate Whiskey is made using um, barley that's been grown on the estate, so 100% of that has been grown on our fields on the on the eastern slope of the estate itself, and then that that's actually been sent off for malting at um, Voyager Malt in um, New South Wales, 
and the Taz whiskey is um, is made from barley that's been malted in Tasmania, so up at Joe White. Um, but as of next year, we'll be pretty proud to say that all the barley used in um, our Lorraine products will be grown on the estate itself. So yeah, that's uh, that's pretty pretty proud little moment for us for sure. And what about the um, the malting styles of those two different malts that you use? Yeah, so the Taz whiskey. Um, you know, we follow a little bit of a more simple, um, simple malting protocol of just using a, a distiller spec or a um, Pilsner spec malt. You know, lighter in terms of flavor and will yield you a little bit more spirit at the end. Um, whereas the estate whiskey, we've got, um, we've actually gone for a Vienna spec. So, a little bit heavier in terms of malt and the malting process, which sacrifices some of the sugars but gives you greater depth of flavor in your, in your spirit. So, mm. um, yeah, I think, you know, when you're a craft distiller, it's uh, really flavor comes first. Well, speaking of flavor comes first, and something else you were interesting you were talking to us about before was your uh, yeast process. So a lot of time people just think, well, Tasmanian to grab some uh, ale yeast, chuck it in, make some uh, whiskey with it. But you, you had um, some a bit more of a complicated process so what can you tell us about that yeah complicated um definitely definitely a key word in that one um yeah so with the taz whiskey we use uh three di- a blend of three different yeasts so we've got a um an american ale yeast as well as a belgian saison yeast and then um a scottish whiskey yeast you know just developing different flavors from each of those and then with the estate whiskey, we're using a Trappist style ale yeast, a wheat beer yeast, and a um, barley wine yeast. So those three in combination really develop some crazy esters. Um, but due to our um, really low uh, temperature um, fermentation, as well as our long and low uh, distillation process, and the onions on our stills, we can kind of tame any any sort of volatility out of those out of those uh, fermentations. Yeah, no, it sounds really fascinating. We got to try the um, the new make and sort of followed through the uh, the Taz whiskey style, but I'm I'm really excited about the estate one as well, and be really cool to try them side by side in the future. So, this is the future, of course. They've not been released yet. When might we be able to find? The, the Tasmania whiskey, the, the estate whiskey or whatever name it ends up being called? Yeah, so the Taz whiskey should be probably, I would say, safely mm-hmm. in two years it should be on shelves. Yep. And then um, with the estate whiskey, probably another three from now. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, good things come for those who wait. Yeah, certainly one to watch out for for our listeners out there that are curious mm-hmm. to see, but there might even be a few extra special releases before then. Yeah, that's it. That's it. If you're ever up in this region, it's definitely worth popping into Lorraine. It's one of those sort of spectacular old, um, sort of more heritage style Tasmanian distilleries. It's yeah, got got real value in terms of just the uh, the location and the uh, buildings that are on the site as well. There's the heritage, the old uh, estate house, and then the um, timber timber outbuildings look really specky. So. Yeah, and just, just that thing of being able to see the river, the, the Derwent River streaming past, just metres away from the um, from the distillery building and know that that's where all the water comes from. It's, you know, it's a really special experience to be able to come up. When When's the cellar door open? So we're open seven days a week, uh, nine to five. Excellent. Yeah. Um, and 
currently with COVID things are a bit hard uh, in terms of travel. So if people want to get hold of some of your products, when where can they get that from? Um, you can find it on Lorenny.com. Um, you'll also find our gin and vodka and cold brew coffee liqueur in select Dan Murphy's, um, BWS, Liquorland, Vintage Cellars. Uh, right around the country so you should be able to find one within your five kilometer bubble uh, <laughs> to get a to get a bottle or two nice one well thanks so much joe for having us here today it's been really great uh learning about uh Lorraine and what's been happening up here and um getting excited for the future yeah no it's been a real pleasure sort of yeah getting to come on site and have a have a bit of a look around and hang out with you for the, for the morning so yeah thanks for having us no no my pleasure uh yeah it's always good to waffle on Hmm. Cheers. Cheers very much. Thanks again. Head Distiller Tom, he a man of uh, some great hats, mm-hmm. um, also some ones that we're more dubious on. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, he's got mixed success with his hat game. Whiskey, would you rather? All right, Nicholas. Yes. Let us play Whiskey, would you rather? I'm I'm not ready. Nor am I. But <laughs> anyway, we we we'll get through this together. Yeah, with whiskey. Let's let's no let's not hold hands. That's that's the wrong thing at the moment. Let's hold let's feet. Nudge, nudge. Oh yes, touch touch toes. Ah, footsies. So nice. Right, Nicholas. Yes. Whiskey? Would you rather tib? Yeah. To come down in price, but retain the same quality. Yep. But for Tim Duckett, in his infinite wisdom, mm-hmm. to cease production of Heartwood. Completely. Completely. Like okay. he just gets out of it and like goes, no, no more Heartwood. Or would you rather Tib leaves the stage, but Heartwood continues to become more and more rarefied and harder to find and more expensive, and so you're only likely to sort of occasionally come across. You, you're, you're probably you're, you're you're probably not even going to be able to maybe afford a bottle. It's going to be your, your like your wanky whiskey investors who buy several and then sell it off, much to the ire of Mr. Duckett. But you might come across them occasionally in a bar and they'll be quite expensive and you've got to think, do I do I sort of, do I stop eating for this week <laughs> and buy one? Yeah. Or do I just go like, oh, it's there. I, I, I yearn for the days when a Heartwood was at a reasonable price. Right. So my options are Heartwood ceases and tib becomes maybe 120 australian yeah it it becomes a reasonable price and the quality remains as well i'm not i'm not going to say that he's going to drop the quality at all i'm just saying that he's like yeah it becomes like hellish road price yeah gets gets rid of his overheads on the the whole heartwood venture and just concentrates on the tib makes it makes a reasonably priced whiskey at a good strength or heartwood continues to exist but at a inflated price and tib ceases yep yeah you've, you've provided enough detail to to sort of cover all my loopholes and uh, i know how you love covering my holes yep but gosh like any any sneaky little way through this you've seen it through gosh so we've um had a few tibs recently that we've really enjoyed mm. yeah absolutely, no, absolutely. Enjoyed. what is it blended no vatted uh, vatted number That's- three Mm. But yeah, back to the point, we've enjoyed very much some TIB products and having that available for $120 is logically fantastic. The illogical response is the Heartwood one because we've had a few Heartwoods over the course of time 
and we've absolutely loved them. They've been the pinnacles sometime of the best whiskey we've had that year. So saying no more heartwood, that that is a hard, hard a hard wood thing to take. <laughs> it would break my heart, would. No, that that's tough. That's tough. And going into this, my my entire plan was to say, screw Tib, screw it, forget about it. Heartwood is more important. But in this situation you provide, I could get maybe maybe fifty percent of the enjoyment out of a heartwood from a Tib. Fifty percent. I'm using numbers here. I'm using maths. That, Ted's a bit confused. There, no, yeah, thanks. There, <laughs> there is a lot of enjoyment to be had out of a heartwood as well. So fifty oh. percent of that still equals a lot of enjoyment. There's it a is, lot of enjoyment. It's, yeah. it's a lot more enjoyment than you could get for some like Scottish aged age statement. Well, if we say well, like a, a heartwood is a hundred percent enjoyment, and like a Glendronic fifteen is seventy five percent enjoyment, I reckon some of the tibs would be around that fifty percent enjoyment mark. So that 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 actually is quite good, and also I actually have a couple of bottles of Heartwood downstairs. They're all open, but they're all like two thirds full, so I could probably hang on to them for a bit longer. And I'm thinking like, if that was to happen, I can't afford to buy eight hundred dollars for a Heartwood. I can't afford to buy three hundred dollars of Heartwood, but I occasionally do. Um, I in this situation, it's pushed me so far that I have to say Heartwood. It's been fun. I would tell my kids about you, but it's time. And I will enjoy Tibbs for the rest of time immemorial, whatever this situation goes on with. I just I just can't justify the, the stupid prices that would happen. Sadly, because Heartwood is, you know, the wood in my heart. I, I Yeah, my heart has a woody for Heartwood. No, okay. I'm not going to go there. But I, I, as, much as, as much as the, yeah... The emotional part of me says, don't let Hartwood die. I've just killed Hartwood. Yep. Yeah. And look, I think I'm forced to agree with you as well. Mm. It's just, it's it's unaffordable to buy a bottle. A dram is going to be very expensive. and It's it's almost like sort of an ephemeral thing. Hartwood, I believe, will only last a short period in time. It's not like these sort of like hundred and something year old distilleries who, you're right, it, you, you nailed it right there. I'm very impressed with you. It is Mayfly Whiskey. Yeah. Um, okay, Ted, I've got a statement to read to you. All right. Here we go. Are you ready for this? I am. Intent your state. Follow the rules. Do not, above all else, challenge the status quo. And most importantly, do what everyone else does. You should never try anything out of the ordinary. It would be blasphemous if you didn't adhere to the age-old tradition we thrive when we do not question everything. Now I'm going to read it to you again, but instead of starting from the top and going down, I'm going to start from the bottom and go up. Ah, I see where this is going. One of these things. Question everything. We thrive when we do not adhere to age-old tradition. It would be blasphemous if you didn't try anything out of the ordinary. You should never do what everyone else does. And most importantly, challenge the status quo. Above all else, do not follow the rules. That is the statement on the box that accompanies Starwood these days. Yeah, interesting. Mm, we just poured ourselves some Starwood to finish the night. And, um, yeah, I, I did quite like that sneaky little uh, statement. Mm. There's there's a couple little directions. It says conformist read down, the bold read up. And I missed those two directions when I first read it and, uh, you know, scratched my head for a bit and then I figured it out. 
Yeah. Um, and then I spotted the little text about the direction of reading it. But yes, Starwood, the bold, the explorers, the mappers of the universe. This is their latest release. Well, their latest Whiskey Club release. I mean, if if we are talking about it in being conformist, though, I mean, do, does this whiskey break the mould? Well, Starwood in, in, in general. In an Australian context? I mean, this is the thing. These guys probably recognised as doing like the the usual thing in Australia, but in terms of using red wine casks, not many people were doing that before Starwood came around. They've been probably the pioneers of red wine casking yeah. out of anyone in the country, and they've certainly had more experience because they distill so bloody much spirit. Goddamn, those guys work hard. Yeah. Um, this one is been aged in tawny casks, port casks, except it's only finished in there. It's originally matured in, in wine barrels as well. I was well. going to say, like, tawny casks don't really count as red wine casks. No, no, they? but um, that's what's special about this particular release. It was their mm. December release in the Whiskey Club, so their Christmas one. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, they expect that there's a bit more sweetness to be found, but I don't know. What do you think? I think Christmas spices. Mm. Is that Absolutely. is that tawny casking? It's yep. it's just you got that you got the sort of the the drier spice of the timbery spice of the red wine caskings, with then the, those pantry sort of spice and the fruit of the tawny and yeah, Christmas spice. It is. It's quite sweet with a yeah I guess that spicy kick. It is forty eight percent, so it's probably um it's got a bit of um bit of tang. Mm. Yeah, it keeps it lively, keeps it fruity and. Not a bad drop to receive. Big right. legs. Why, thank you. Oh, and the whiskey. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I think they, they're not doing much wrong, the guys from Starwood. Some of the ones that you need to try the single cask releases, if you can. Um, I'm sounding like a complete whiskey wanker now. It's like, oh, have you tried cask number 721C? No, but seriously, some of the ones yes, that... I you, have, actually. <laughs> yeah, that was a particularly good one. Yeah, but some of the... Um, some of the the cars they pick out for individual release are really good. You try them at car strength and, yeah, um, you do flights and stuff at the distillery and you can do a flight of, like, individual casks. Okay, to okay. undo that one. I'm going to give a, a, a weird tasting note. Uh-oh, here we go. Okay, here's, here's my tasting note. Little Athletics. Okay, is that to do with the really long legs again? Uh, well, it could be a bit of that. Look, it's it reminds me of the rubber... This is the smell of the rubber of the running track in the sun with like a bit of smell of the, the grass from the fields coming in as well and a bit of sunscreen. It's just, it's kind of, it's kind of like this, yeah, summer athletics whiskey. Mm, that is an interesting tasting note. I told, and, uh, I, I told you it was a, a weird one. but Yeah, it's, specific it's, just to you. But have you done Little Athletics um, and also bought this Starwood Tawny whiskey? Mm. If so, do you get the same? The same notes. Um, it's a smaller, small crossover on the Venn diagram, but mm. I'm sure it exists. Yeah, it, it's just um, I don't know. Ru- there is rubberiness in there, though. I yeah, think. I guess you're right. Yeah, no, I can get that. Well, enough waffling about whiskey, Ted, for this episode. I think it's what? Me- yeah, I know. We've got to stop eventually, or people get annoyed at us. Yeah. <laughs> Remember that episode that we released that went for 16 hours? Um, people uh, eventually switched off. Who'd have thunk it? It was experimental, man. Yeah, I know, I know. Wagner's got nothing on us. Yeah. <laughs> no, we should do This Is It, a charity whiskey we... waffle podcast. Yeah. And just get like, paid by the by the minute or something. And the more donations we get, the longer we have to uh, keep waffling for. And by the end of the... You know, we have to keep drinking as well. So by oh, the end God. of the session, we're just like lying on the ground, you know, like, whiskey. Whoa, 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 whoa. 
<laughs> if you think that's a good idea, please let us know. Yeah, get in touch with us um, if you want to sponsor us. Well, I wonder if there's a Guinness World Record for the longest whiskey-themed podcast session. You know what? We could make our way in, I reckon, with that one. <laughs> we probably could. <laughs> uh, as long as we don't pass out before. <laughs> this is it. It's a cop-out if we stop drinking whiskey for a period of multiple hours, though. Yeah. Oh boy, that would be a big one. Oh, let loose, honey! Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. Anyway, so it's been it's been a good episode. Uh, we've we've done our awards. Our awards were good. Mm. We hope that some people agree with them, but equally, we hope that some people hate them and like vehemently dispute them and. Um, Tell us, tell us where to stick our stupid awards because these ones should have been the winner. Uh, I want some angry, angry messages on Instagram. Um, make sure you stick in the comments what your favourites were. Tea Trout, I'm expecting a few bourbons in the uh, categories, especially mm. the Scottish one. I, I don't know how you sneak a bourbon in there, but I'm sure you can do it. I look forward to hearing some of your award winners so mm. that I can go and seek them out myself. Um, the other thing is, so our Patreons... Her uh, drinking buddies, um, they'll be receiving a dram of the uh, classic lady in the post. Also, the dram of Oberyn from last month, which yes. is... Yes, uh, there's been some uh, delivery, delivery delays on that one, so... Yeah. Uh, envelope technicalities. Envelope technicalities, yes. Um, but they will be receiving the Oberyn, a double whammy. Yeah. Yeah, Brooklady and Oberyn, that's an interesting uh, pairing. Sounds like a good one to me. Yes, so if you would also like to receive whiskey from us... Please consider checking out our Patreon. Even even if you don't want to receive whiskey, still check out the Patreon. There's some other good stuff that you can access on there. The Faints is a good one for all our bonus material. Yeah, we're doing new Faints, actually. I need to get mm. onto that. Mm, no, so check it all out. Right then, it's about time we wound it up or we'll be hitting the 16-hour mark again, Ted. Uh, is that a bad thing? Um, well, waffle, it is. Waffle is, waffle is in our name. It is if you're the guy that's editing it. So. <laughs> yeah. Right then. Let's call this thing. Call it what, though? The Whiskey Waffle Podcast. Mm. And it was good. And it was good. Keep on waffling, everybody. That's it from us. I was Ted. I was Nick. And good night. Good night. Whiskey Waffle recommends you drink whiskey responsibly and only if you're above the legal drinking age in your country. Our lawyers made us say that. Or at least, they would have if we actually had lawyers. Pocket Pleaser, the perfect pick for the parched penny please. Pincher. Pocket Pleaser, the perfect pick for the parched penny pincher. Okay, next up we have, I've got to get this right. The Pocket Pleaser Award for the the perfect pick for the parched penny pleaser. No! Ah. <laughs> so close. Ah.